Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to Madrasa on E, Duality Islam in Me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson up until 4 o'clock with you and that is along with special guests in studio none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Now we're going straight into our content and that is of course Knowing My Lord. But first of all I must say Assalamualaikum to you Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, how are you doing this afternoon? Shukran jazakallah khair. I'm fine and how's yourself? And is, uh, um, alhamdulillah, yeah. alhamdulillah. Sheikh, so Sheikh, we're going to be continuing on knowing my Lord and Sheikh's probably going to do a recap as to where we stopped yesterday. Inshallah, yes, bismillah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi wa ahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya ba'd. Rabbi sharah li sadri wa yasir li amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu kawli. Allahumma allimna bima yanfa'una wa anfa'ana bima allamtana wa rizuka ilman yadhal jalali wal ikram. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all our listeners out there. Alhamdulillah, our thanks and praise due to Allah. In love and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What we normally do is before we actually start our lesson, we make a dua. And can we collectively put our hands together? A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil adameen. Wal-aqibatu lil-muttaqeen. Wal-jannatu lil-muahideen. Wal-a'udwana illa ala-zhalimeen. والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم جأنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا فنضل يا رب العالمين ربنا زدنا علما وارزقنا فهما برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم أجلنا من النار اللهم أجلنا من النار اللهم أجلنا من النار اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سختك والنار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله thanks and praises due to Allah الحمد لله our topic that we said that we start today again is what we do normally every day knowing my Lord and how far have we gone yesterday we've reached the process of understanding um, our Lord through Rububiyyah the word Rabb and then we went to the word Uluhiyyah which comes from the word Ilah and then we went to the sense of idol worshipping I would just want to go a little bit back into Uruhiya. We said in Uruhiya it is all about the aspect of realizing that Allah is the only one worthy of being worshipped. And that we worship Him and Him alone. And that we do not worship anything else besides Him. Neither don't we make worshipping of Allah with anything else besides Him. So. We don't worship anything other than Allah, neither don't we worship Allah and something other together. We give this uh, 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 
um, sifa or they call it the quality of worshipping we give that unto Allah and Allah alone and that we know nothing and nobody in the whole universe deserve that right to be worshipped other than Allah right now from a non-Islamic perspective they don't see anything wrong in having to worship other than Allah but that is what has happened that Allah sent this deen of Islam to be able to allow you and me to realize it is worshipping is deserving to nobody if he is the Lord of the universe if he gives and takes and does so many things and without him it is not possible do you think it's possible to worship anything or anybody besides him Allahu Akbar so thus Allah Ta'ala has given this message to Nabi Adam and to the children of Nabi Adam he's given it to Nuh to Noah he's given it to 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 Abraham Ibrahim he's given it to Dawood David he's given it to Solomon Suleiman he's given it to all the prophets right through the ages the message was exactly the same do not worship anybody or anything besides your Lord because remember that thing called shaitan the devil that thing called Iblis his job is his main job is to want to be able to offer you to worship anything and everything besides God besides Allah the real Lord of the universe so he offers you that and you can either decide to want to accept it or not a Muslim may not cannot a Muslim is a Muslim because the people of Nabi Adam that was obedient slaves they were Muslims of all the prophets all of them who will be following the process of worshiping only their Lord doing it that they worship nobody else but their Lord and they don't become slaves to the ignorance of this world neither to shaitan they do not follow him so thus they realize that there's only one God and through the ages even Jesus himself said to his people that I came not but to be the slave the slave of God I submit to God and his first miracle is the first miracle that happened to Jesus was the fact that he when he was born he spoke from the cradle at that moment when his mother carried him to his people and they saw him he said to them Allah said to her, you do not say a word, you, all you need to do is depend on, uh, on me. And when it came that then, that moment and they wanted to speak to her, she said, all she did is she pointed to the child. When she pointed to the child, immediately the child spoke. So it's a miracle for a baby to speak immediately after birth. And this child, Jesus spoke. Or Nabi Isa spoke. And when Nabi Isa spoke, if the first which says, Inni Abdullah, I am the slave of the creator of this world. I'm the slave of you of the creator of, of, of the universe. I am a slave that like each and every one of you are slaves in this world. I'm equally a slave. That's his very, very first words he said. Inni Abdullah He has given me a book to be able to pass over to your people. And he's made me a messenger. I am not greater than a prophet or a messenger. I am not a god. You cannot worship me. You cannot become my slaves and I cannot command and demand you. I can only give you the word given to me by God. By Allah.
And so subhanak, ya Rab. It has happened through the ages and our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to remind us equally that the worshipping as Muslim is to establish the worship of Allah through uruhiyyah meaning to worship Him and accept Him as the Lord of creation the one who is only and alone deserving of that sense of worship of that sense of being obedient to Allah and making sujood for Him and fulfilling his commands and demands. May Allah protect all of us. Amen, inshallah. The voice today of Sheikh Ibrahim Ayurams in studio with Madrasa on A, Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson. If you have just joined us, assalamu alaikum. We break for an ad break and when we come back, we'll continue. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to Madrasa on A, Developing Islam in Me with your host, Yasmina Peterson, along with special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We are in our segment, Knowing My Lord, and Sheikh is going to be continuing as to where Sheikh stopped last. Bismillah, Sheikh. Shukran jazakallah khair for that one, Auntie Yasmina. Um, we were at minutes before this, or just before the break, we, we were on speaking about the issues about uluhiyah, and we said that the other part of what we did last year, yesterday was idol worshipping. Now what is really idol worshipping is worshipping any other thing other than Allah. And we gave you some breakdown in idol worshipping. We said, in the time of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, there was uh, 360 idols in an in on and around the Kaaba, right? So the Arabian people, the people in Mecca, the people in Arabia were worshipping idols. But it's something that came to them. Initially, there was no idols that they worship. They worshipped their forefather, the, the process of their forefathers, which was the last prophet that was there in, 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 in the Arabian Peninsula, was Ismail. And before him, his father, Ibrahim, alayhi salatu was salam. So the, 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 the people of the Arabian Peninsula has been worshipping only the process of what was given to them. But as time went on, the process of idol worshipping came in and it established itself there. But wor- idol worshipping is something that has spread far and wide. As we said, it has uh, started long, many years ago. People was looking to worship, not really worship, they revered, respected the elders or people who was of good character and quality, who did good things to the people, who assisted and helped and played major roles. And people wanted to remember them. And in the process of remembering remembering those people, they build an idol that looks or, 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 or what we have today, that we create uh, statues and, and idols and, and, and we look at that person and we, it, it's a reminder of the greatness of that personality. But unfortunately, shaitan comes later in generations and offer the people, you see that statue that is there, they actually were, the people worship that. And that is how idol worshipping came clear into the process of the development of man. 
and, and, and it spread, and it spread ever since the beginning of time, all the time there was people that, that this process was happening. But these idols or personalities was, did not offer the people the right to be able to worship them. The people in generations later only came to worship them, and Shaitan offered them the process of saying to them, these people didn't build these idols except for to worship them. Now the Billah, may Allah protect. So yes, we need to understand idol worshipping and the, other, the effect of what happened when people are... Today, idol worshipping has somewhat developed much further. People doesn't worship most probably idols, but they worship other things besides, besides Allah. And, and I think we've mentioned the, the example of the, the bank when people goes and believe that the bank has got the right to be able to control me or the hospital and the doctors and the medication has the right to control me and they have a control over and a decision making for me. You know, we as Muslims ought to have our worshipping to Allah Ta'ala only. And we shouldn't be worshipping anything, thus we do not become a slave of anything. We are only the slaves of Allah. The slaves of Allah means, as a slave of Allah, when Allah commands, I adhere to him. That's my Lord speaking. And when Allah instructs, I follow his instructions. If he advises, I listen attentively to his advice. I give him, because he is my Lord. So I need to, and I'm a slave of his. And when he prevents me, I abstain from that in totality. I do my best, I do not go there. Because this is my Lord. He's speaking to me. And I do not follow any instructions from anything or anybody besides him. If their instructions is equal to his, or do not override, or do not go against his, and it doesn't disturb the processes and, uh, of, of life for me on earth, then most probably I'm just taking that to be able to see how I live that. But that is not going to disturb the process of the fact that I need to, be, to worship him. Example, if somebody tells me, you must wear pink today. You can choose pink. You can choose lilac or aubergine. And you have the right to choose or not to choose. You choose it by yourself. But when somebody says to you, it is pink day today, you must use pink. And you cannot otherwise, you must wear pink. Then that person is commanding. And if you submit to his commission, to his command, then you and I become a slave of him. He becomes our idol. He becomes our Lord. He commands and we follow. May Allah protect. We need to understand that sense of idol worshipping. So, may Allah protect that we go to that level. So we need to understand, as we said, how the process is of idol worshipping so that we know we need to know our Lord so that we can worship him and him alone. We then go to the other aspect further than that, after idol worshipping and know it what consists of. We are not going to the full details of that. We later on going to come back there into idol worshipping. We need to inform ourselves that Allah Ta'ala is the best person to inform us about Him. When we say we need to know our Lord, we need to know Him. But how do we know Him? He, Allah, is the best person to inform us about Him. Nobody in this world can tell us about Allah. We can see Allah's power and might. We can see the abilities and the strength and the obvious things that Allah, as the Lord of the universe, as the Great Supreme, the, f the fact that we call Him Lord or Allah or God or whatever, 
that 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 who created everything in the heavens and the earth, who is a single being, and to he's the, he's the mighty and the powerful. Every all forms of might and power and greatness and glory belongs to him. That Lord is the one that we worship, and he is best to tell us who he is, for we cannot see him. He is not within human sight. And if the human beings is in, under the impression that they must be able to see everything, I'd like to ask the human beings, why is it that the hawk sees better than you? So is sight, and why is it sometimes some forms of animals are using their senses that you and I have that is so great, yet these animal senses are greater than mine? Like for that matter, the dog. Their senses are great. They, they, they can smell much stronger than you and me. May Allah protect all of us and grant us to be able to develop it. Go along. I mean, tomorrow, I mean the lines are now open through our WhatsApp and our SMS on the number 072-238-0712. That's the number 072-238-0712. Alternatively, you can send through your questions pertaining to the topic and we are in our segment, Knowing My Lord with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams to the number 47. 913 that numbers once again 072-238-0712 for the sms it's oh it's 47913 remember that only questions pertaining to the topic and to the segment that is of course knowing my lord sheikh while we are waiting for some of the questions to come through sheikh can continue inshallah we on the section still on knowing my lord we were speaking on the process of idol worshipping just before we had the the, the in, uh, inter, uh, interlude here and and then we spoke about the fact that Allah Ta'ala is the only one who can form, inform us about himself right so and what we meant there is when you and I need to come to know who Allah is then the best place to seek because Allah has spoken to us already through our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi through Jibreel and it's recorded in the Qur'an that comes from Allah direct, that is a pure Qur'an. This Qur'an is every detail is like it's been sent from Allah. It's in perfect form. It hasn't been distorted. Yet there is people who claim this is the distortion of the Qur'an. Allah made a statement says this Qur'an can never ever be distorted. Every detail is perfect like it's been sent via Jibreel, via, from Allah to Jibreel to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So this Qur'an is complete and whole. There's nothing being taken out. Other books besides the Qur'an has been tampered with. They, people have missed it. And up till today, people in the Christian belief still believe they have the right to revise the, 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 the Bible. Now, if the Bible can be revised, that means it's made by man. So man has the right to, to, to say yes or no, to in and out. This Quran, Allah says, in Quran, This Quran says, Allah, that Allah has revealed it and it will never ever be tampered with by anybody Allah didn't give it that right so this is from the side of the Quran and in this Quran Allah Ta'ala informs us as it is a book for the last hour for humanity as a whole in it Allah informs us to inform humanity precisely who Allah is so if the world wants to develop with anything of themselves, they cannot say we do not know Allah. He's already expressed himself in that book. He's given them the wisdom and the insight to be able to open up any other book. 
He's given him in that book the way and the method to be able to use books and to be able to open up libraries and to be able to open up uh, uh, so much of educational processes. He's been through that book. He's given them insight. He's exposed humanity to things they had to absolutely darkness with. If it wasn't for the revelation of this book, man would not have been able to find civilization. The human race as a totality, all of them would have been uncivilized until the last hour. But Allah wanted to take them out of uncivilization and Allah brought to them civilization and the only way through to civilization was via this Quran. Subhanak. So that the human being can become civilized, but in the process of their civilization, they then take those beauty of the information, what fits them, they take of it, and what doesn't fit them, they kick it aside. They cannot take the advice of how they can see true civilization, so they can grow to become the best of people. Ya Rabb, may I open the path. And so, our Nabi Allah Ta'ala informs us in the Quran about Himself. And Allah informs us about various places, about various things. As we've said in Surah Fatiha, Allah says to us, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, all thanks and praise belongs to Him, no matter who does what, no matter where and how. The, the, uh, the gratitude and the appreciation for that act being done, Allah is alone deserving of that. Because if Allah, like example, you and I have a dad and a mom, and they've done so much to be able to assist us, to help us, to nurture us, to guide us in life. But in actual fact, Allah has given to them the quality and the ability and the insight and the knowledge and the skill and the wealth to assist us. So it actually comes all from Allah. And so Allah makes it easy that you and I can do for others. And we can play the role to be able to develop other people like youngsters, like children. When we rear them, when we nurture them, to make them, to make them developed people, responsible people, and it, all this comes from Allah, and thus with Allah says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, and Allah says, He's not only the Rabbil Alameen, He's also Ar Rahman Ar Rahim. He tells us that He is not not the Lord of the boogeyman Lord. That will take you and throw you in the fire of Jahannam. Nay, he says, my first quality that you need to know about me, that quality need, that needs to understand out about me, the most important quality for you, the human race, about me, and Rahman Rahim. I'm extremely, extremely merciful. I'm compassionate. I'm soft. I'm gentle. I'm caring. I'm there to be able to help, to assist. I'm there to pardon. I'm being gentle and kind with you. I have so much that I give you. I will shower you. With, uh, I just care for you. Rahman to be merciful. He's extremely merciful. He's excessively merciful. Ar-Rahim means my mercy goes to those people. The more you show submission, the more my mercy go to you also. Because there's so many people, because my mercy is in Ar-Rahman, my merciful is extensive. I serve the animal we world. I serve the, the plant world. I serve the world of the waters, of the skies, of the air. I serve the human being. I serve everything. I serve those people who's obedient and those people who's disobedient. I give them all. They all in whatever they have, they enjoy from me. I give them. I am not saying because you're only worshiping me. That's why. No, no, no. I give to everybody. But 
If you want to be a slave of submission, if you want to come nearer to me, if you are prepared to listen to my advice and follow my messenger that I've sent to you, and you want to be able to do the best and you become a righteous human being, it's only through me in having to be, I will then be a rahim with you. I will extend my mercy further on you. Ya Rabb. May Allah grant us to be worthy of those that Allah extends His mercy on for this world and the hereafter. Allahumma amin. So Allah says to us, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. But then when it comes to, to know our Lord, Allah says to us in Surah Fatiha as well, Maliki Yawmiddin. But when it comes to the last day, I'm that day, I'm in charge. I'm in charge because I'll give you your own strength, your own abilities, your own, your own means to be able to develop by yourself. But when it comes to the day of your al the day of resurrection, the day of rewards for your actions, that day I'm in charge. I will take away from you all your powers and your might. I will relieve you of that. You will not have it, right? And I'll, I will give commands. Like for instance, I will give command. I will remove the power of your tongue. And I'll give your, your limbs the right to be able to speak on their own. So that you cannot command your t- via your tongue, your limbs, what you want to. Today, you instruct and you, you almost inform your limbs to be able what to do, so what you want to do. Or via your brains, you use the ability to be able to do certain things, so that you can almost control your limbs. But that day, your limbs are going to be in charge of itself. And that day, they're going to speak for themselves. For Allah is that day in charge. He gives no might and power or removes the might and power of those who think that they are in charge. Those people will have no might, will have no power. They and their bodies will only but submit to what Allah says. This is Maliki Yawmiddin. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And so Allah Ta'ala carries on in the Holy Quran. The book, the Quran, is covered a great amount of that, tells us about the quality of our Lord. In various places, Allah tells us of various things. And of those things that Allah tells us, Allah says to us in Surah Al, would we say, Kul huwa Allahu ahad, Surah Al Ikhlas, in that Surah, Allah Ta'ala says to us that He, Allah says, Kul huwa Allahu ahad, say, Allah is one. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Allah says to us, He says to us, or say to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to inform humanity, say Allah is one. Say that in Allah belongs the unification of all forms of worship. You do not worship anything other for this and for that, but the, we want to worship all the forms of worship that is righteous only belongs to Allah and to Allah alone. Definitely truly said there by Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio with our program Madrasa on E. Of course, developing Islam in me. The time is now 2.40 on the dot and we break for ads and when we come back, we'll continue. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Madrasa on E. Of course, developing Islam in me. And the time now is 2.43 and just before the break, you've heard Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio speaking about our segment, Knowing My Lord. But now, Sheikh, I feel that we're going to be moving on to I am a Muslim. What is expected of me, inshallah? Alhamdulillah. 
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our listeners out there. And shukran for that one, Yasmina. Um, we are now on the uh, segment called I am a Muslim, so what is expected in me? Alhamdulillah. We, we've re- reached to, in, in the process section, in this segment, we've reached to the level point where we said the importance to know the role model. Um, we went to the best of knowledge, we went to the knowledge generally, we say to follow the role model. We then, after having to follow the role model, we said we need to know the role model, meaning not only follow him, but through the fact that we can come to know him, we need to follow him. And we also need to be able to go to the level of to come to love him. And I think we've expounded quite a lot on that, on the process of to know Allah, uh, the role model, which is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and to love the role model, to love him. And we've seen how our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made us understood the importance of loving the role model. We then, after that, went to the sense of the role model in his the, the, and the blueprint with him. Those people that the role model had an impression on, who took them out of jahiliyyah, out of darkness, and made them the pioneers for success. We call that the blueprint because the reason it is our blueprint. When I say the blueprint, I'm referring to the fact that if you and I need to love these people in the time of the role model was exactly like you and me. They were the people who had the problems that you and I are living with. They will meet up with the issues that the people in the blueprint has lived with and they become our blueprint to realize for us to look into their lives and see what was their life prior and how did they bring the necessary change? And how did it happen that the role model had such an I- impact into their lives? And what type of impact and what did the result was about for them to be the pioneers for success in this world? May I open the path for all of us. So, um, and we've mentioned names under the, 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 we spoke about people like Abu Bakr. We mentioned some like Omar. But there's many, there's over a hundred thousand Sahaba that there has been. On the Hajj of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there was a total of 124,000 people that has been on Hajj with the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, as much as there is people today, so many Anbiya as Allah to send to the earth. Right? So, uh, uh, re- the recording is plus minus 124,000 people that has been on Hajj with the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and so we come to see that those people all become part of the role model, right? Oh, I'm sorry, part of the the blueprint with the role model. Now, because the words of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself, he said that. The my my Sahaba radiallahu anhum will be an ad, advice or guidance, and we, if Allah has granted me to be to have an impact on their life, the impact because of Allah's made me that great Nabi has been so profound that they were people. If they have to give the light off to you, who will be a bright shining light leading you when you are in absolute darkness in the middle of the of a dark night, then it will be like a star who stands out there to guide you into the righteous path from your doctors that you find yourself in. And this is how our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has given the right for us to be able to understand being a Muslim 
I need to love my Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I need to know him. I need to follow him. And I need to be able to understand he, in his capacity as the messenger, had a profound impact on the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and has made them the guiding light for all of us everywhere in the world. And wherever they went to, they took this guiding light. And you and I cannot enter into this guiding light. It is not per word if we do not go through the blueprint that was given for us, right? Yes, the Quran, the Sunnah, Tariq of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and that life of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam interacting with what we call the blueprint. May Allah grant us to come to realize that if we do not look into the life of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and see his action and interaction with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, whom Allah has chosen to be the selected people of honor and dignity and has given them the great status to be the companions of that great Nabi, Allahu Akbar. Can you but imagine, is there a possibility for you and me ever to say we are better than them in any way? Or we can, if Allah has selected them to be there in that time. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And just for the, for the sake of understanding the blueprint, let's listen to some of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, the people of the blueprint, who lived in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Some of them tells us a story about themselves, what has happened. And they said, and, and, and these were some of them who were not Muslims. At the, when they, they initially, when if the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came, they, they hated Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They say they, we hated him to such an extent that I felt if I can get the right to kill the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa with my bare hands, I wouldn't mind to do that or use my sword to say, because I need to get rid of him, he's a, he's a nuisance for us in our time. Some of the Sahaba said that prior to the Islam. And they said that when Allah granted them the ability to be able to leave, the, they said to the other friends, give me the right and the friends to them say, don't worry when it comes to your family, I look after your family. If you say you're going to go to, to the city of Medina and you go to, this, to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa with the intention to kill him, we will give you and your family all the support to be there. And if anything happens to you, we, will, we promise you to support your family after your demise. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And himself, he says himself and his friends, they've uh, see what they probably can do to be able to break down the process of seeing that Islam goes forth with the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sheikh Ibrahim Abram speaking to us more in our segment I'm a Muslim, what is expected of me? We are in our program Madrasa on a developing Islam in me The time is now 2.51 And for now we break for ads and when we come back We'll continue, stay tuned Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh And welcome back to Madrasa on a With myself Yasmina Peterson of course In the studio with none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams We are in our second segment and that is with regards to I'm a Muslim, what is expected of me but before we continue Sheikh here is a question that came through and this is from the number 2163 it says salams I notice Sheikh uses the word subhanak and not subhanallah any reason for it what is the meaning just curious I think it's a very healthy question and when I say a healthy question it probably doesn't deal with the topics that we're dealing with but in the course of discussing 
as the person who presents the lesson, you hear certain things and it probably can happen that in nowadays many times other people hear things we do not understand and suddenly we use them but out of context then. And so I appreciate the question very much. I believe that you, you mean to say, let me understand, I'm curious because I also if I'm going to use it, then I use it the same. In the term when we say subhanallah, when we normally speak of Allah, we say subhanallah, glory be unto Allah, right? If I speak about Allah himself, and I will say, glory be unto you, Allah. I say, subhanak, glory be unto thee. It's a, I think that's understand. So, mm-hmm. subhanak, oh, I, if I speak about, if I speak about Allah, I say, subhanah, subhanah, subhanahu, glory be unto him. Glory and honor and greatness belongs unto him. Subhanak means glory be unto you when we directly in the message want to say to Allah glory be unto you with the word subhanallah has exactly the same meaning glory be and then we actually use the word the word Allah beautifully said shukran so much for that Sheikh. we have a few minutes to before we cross over to our news desk and Sheikh can inshallah continue in the segment I am a Muslim what is expected of me bismillah shukran jazakallah we were on just before the break we were on the the section we were looking out at the role model with the blueprint and we said the blueprint is a sahaba radiallahu anhum and remember Allah revered and honored them in the words of Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says to us that whosoever honors and glorifies and respects and reveres my blueprint that was given to me those people that's going to be around me then that is a sign that they so respect to me and this reverence to me and that is a sign indirectly to their reverence to Allah again if you show reverence, respect and honor and dignity and you glorify those people who's been with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this is his words and you revere him revere them then Allah then you are indirectly revering me in my capacity as your as your role model as your teacher as your guide you would revere me you give me the status I deserve you put me on high status via the fact that you appreciate them and you indirectly are doing reverence to Allah you're giving Allah because it is Allah who has selected them. Allah is either not intelligent to choose or Allah don't know how to choose when he chooses. Subhanak. Is that possible? Do we realize? And do you think that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam would have given would have been given by Allah a company of people who has malice? corruption, destruction, who is satanic, who has bad blood in them, who can speak ill of others, who can, for that matter, have the heart to be able to kill others. Muhammad, do we see that? So this is obvious. It is per selection that Allah has chosen only the very, 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 very best to be the company. And I was busy telling you of this Sahabi who said, we had the intention to kill the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and I said with my friends who were not Muslim we were going, I was going and I'm going to kill him and they gave me all the support and he says, he said I left the city of Makkah I was one of the Quraysh and I went to Medina and when I managed to get there I tried to get in there 
on, on, on a means of almost giving the impression, don't worry, I'm coming here for good reasons. And I, but my whole notion, and I've built my, in my whole journey as I traveled from Makkah to Medina, building all the means and ways to be able to, when I get him to how far would I go to, to the extent of this, uh, removing him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from this earth. But it's Allah's decree. And then Nabi uh, the Sahabi tells us, and it so happened I come in, in the presence of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and I want to set a, a pres- uh, presence, uh, a, a set an impression of who I am and what I'm coming here for and suddenly the Nabi said to me um, I know why you're here. Wow! He says, I, I couldn't understand. And the Nabi could give me the details of where I come from the moment the two of us were alone. He could give me the details of where I come from and what my impression is. But the Nabi sallallahu alayhi allowed me to be able to interact with him and see how my... And I only came to see that I, I fell in love with him. I came to see this great personality. I came to see this great person. This Sahabi radiallahu an, he says to us, his son, later on in years, prior to his demise, said to him, Dad, what were you doing? If I had been a person in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I would have done X, Y, and Z. And he said to his son, No, 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 no. Don't be hasteful. Don't be hasteful for what you would have done. There's been people like us whom Allah has granted the opportunity to come to Islam. And there's others like Abu Jahl, for that matter, we became the enemies of Allah's Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And some of them lived and died on the deen of Allah. And others lived and died against Allah. So don't be hasteful to say that you, the person in today's life, would have done X, Y, and Z. He's speaking to his son. Don't say that you would have done X, Y, because you wouldn't have known what is it, which path it's Allah would have chosen for you. Thank Allah for where you are right now and appreciate the fact that you have the insight. Appreciate the fact that you were made Muslim or granted the opportunity to be Muslim and do the necessity of having to show appreciation. Go out there in seeking more so that you can come become more Muslim, more righteous, more submissive to the cause of Allah. For each and that's not because of you. That's every one of us. The millions that is Muslim, the billions that is Muslim today, each and every one of us, no matter how much we have, should still go and show appreciation by having to realize the necessity of giving honor and dignity to those whom Allah and His Messenger has given honor and dignity to. And Allah says this in the Holy Quran, and whosoever gives honor and dignity to that which Allah has given honor and dignity to, that's a clear sign of the true form of belief. May Allah grant us of those people. Amen, inshallah. The voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And welcome back to Madrasa on A with myself, Yasmina Peterson, along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio. We are still in our second segment, and that is, I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? And inshallah, now Sheikh is going to be continuing as to when Sheikh dropped last. Shukran Jazakallah. Bismillah. Shukran for Yasmina. Shukran for that one. Our listeners, shukran Jazakallah. Just before the break, we were in the segment called I'm a Muslim, so what is expected of me? We dealt with a section of the role model and the blueprint, and we were busy speaking of what happened in the Sahabi when he said to his son, 
do not be ready to be able to say what you would have done. You couldn't have done or wished to have done anything. As Muslims, we realize that everything that happens to us is because of the favor of Allah. You are not Muslim. I'm speaking to every Muslim out there. You are not Muslim because you wanted to be. You are Muslim because Allah has selected you to be Muslim. Whether you were born or whether you entered this deen at any time. Each and every one, I am Muslim not because I wanted to be Muslim. When Allah granted me, I was born Muslim, alhamdulillah. A young child and I were given my name Ibrahim when I was a baby. So I didn't know anything about Islam. But in my time that I developed and I became mukallaf, I had to make a decision whether I want to be in this deen or I accept the other deen. In the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says that every child is born a Muslim. But it is their parents who allow them to be guided into whatever belief they, the parents come from. Na'udhu billah. Na'udhu billah. So yes, um, we thank Allah that Allah has granted us, you and me, to be Muslim. Whether, I, whether my parents were non-Muslim and became Muslim, or whether they was Muslim and I became Muslim or that, that is a selection that Allah has selected me to be amongst the Muslim Ummah. Oh Allah, grant me appreciation. Allow me to express the fact of Allah that I, even if I take the whole universe and show you I appreciate it, it will not be good enough, sufficient enough, will not be righteous enough for what you've granted me as a great gift. We ask you, oh Allah, grant us to be appreciative of your gift and that we, that we are worthy of this gift when you have selected us not to make us non-Muslims but to allow us to be in the steen of Islam and grant us appreciation in its true sense so that we can get the, uh, the great reward of being in the presence of your beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam on the day of judgment when you will allow him to be able here, our Lord to, be, to grant him the right to seek pardon on behalf of his ummah and that you and I, the rest of humanity, the rest of the Muslim ummah may be part of that. That we can see, sir, be served the pardon of our beloved Prophet Muhammad and entered into Jahannam, not getting to anywhere near the fire of Jahannam. Getting into Jahannam, not getting to anything near the fire of Jahannam. Na'udhu Billah, may Allah protect all of us. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. And so, uh, Wanting to say to us the importance of understanding that blueprint. And I'm referring to the life of the Sahaba with the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that we need to revere them and respect them in all forms. May Allah grant that khair and barakah. And as part of that, we were busy on to how to know when we speak about ourselves. We look at ourselves to be to be those people to seek the knowledge. We went into understanding that we need to have the knowledge and, and know our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and live his lifestyle. We came to in the process of knowing him and following his lifestyle. Uh, um, we need to implement his lifestyle in our life lives, and we need to love him sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We came to identify him as the role model with the blueprint. Um, for now, we're moving on to an, um, and one other factor, which is very, very important for us as Muslims. Part of that factor, I am a Muslim, so part of that same sense, we said, remember, we went through the questions, who am I? What is my objective? 
um, uh, what is my purpose? We've answered those questions in business. How do I reach my purpose and how do I fulfill my, my objective? And in that section, we went into all these processes of the knowledge and, and we went to seek, seek the, the process and come to know the Nabi, come to love his love, love him, come to follow his style. But at the same time, come to see that message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the most important thing that was given to us by Allah. What is that message? The number one of that message is the Quran. Number two of that message is the very lifestyle, the interpretation of that message in the character, life of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, loving that message in the presence of the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum. Ya Allah, Ya Hayu, Ya Qayyum. May Allah grant us to appreciate. So Allah Ta'ala wants us to understand, for me to be Muslim, I need to see the reverence, the greatness, the glory and the status of the message that comes from Allah. And we must be adult enough to realize that the message is finished. Allah's message is completed. Totally completed with the very coming of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There's going to be no messages of that. If you want to ever get to understand the message of, of Allah, then the message of Allah is the Quran from its beginning to its end. And everything that you and I need to know about the message of Allah or how Allah would have handled this, that and the other, the Quran is our answer. So the Quran is that thing that we call in nowadays life the manuscripts it is the reverence uh, 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 the reference sorry the reference it is a manuscript it is a gazette for our life that we live in today it is also the handbook to live the life as a Muslim in this world Allahu Akbar so that answer where many people say do we have a handbook that can show how me to do to do yes a complete handbook every detail in there there's not an aspect of your life or mine of the life of your poor parents or forefathers or your peer or your mufti or any or mine or anybody else of your great 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 grandchildren or the great personalities or the rich or the poor or, or the people of status or the there's not an issue of their life that they live by if they intend to live by righteousness and guidance and if they want to, to live in submission to Allah, then the only way, that handbook for that, the gazette for that, the manuscript for that, the reference for that, is only and only the Qur'an. But Allah sent this Qur'an, and uh, as we said to you, as a script, furthermore, not only to be the Qur'an, but also the life of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and that's what we call the role model prior to that. And so this Qur'an was sent to us in two formats. In the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to us, Qur'an wa ma'a. I was given this Qur'an and the replica thereof with it. Meaning I wasn't just given a Qur'an, I was given this Qur'an and I was given the replica of it. The replica of it is, I was given... When the Qur'an was sent to me in, as a, a book that I must carry over to you, I took this book in its theoretical format and I gave it to you. But I also loved this which Allah inspired me with so that I can be that perfect role model to you. 
And who says to us, to us? Allah says this to us in the Quran. Allah says to us in the one sense. Allah says, وَلَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ He is the best example for every detail of your life. Allah says to, uh, to, the, to us in the Holy Quran about our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam O Muhammad, I have put you on the highest level of perfection in character. Your character, your mannerism, your ethics is on the highest level. The human race must still work very, very hard to get. You are the supreme form of that. And you, you, whoever is good in any sense, you're the best by far. There's a major gap between the best that there is amongst them and you. Your supremacy goes further than that. Now, the time now is 3.20 and on the dot, Sheikh, we're now going to be breaking for us and when we come back, we'll continue. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Madrasan E with myself, Yasmina Peterson, as well as special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. The time is now 3.23 and just before the break, Sheikh was speaking about I'm a Muslim, what is expected of me? And it's now the time that we cross over to our next topic, Sheikh, and that is leadership in Islam and its progression. Shukran jazakallah khair for that one, Yasmina. Barakallah fikum jazakallah khair. Our next uh, segment is um, the segment called uh, Leadership in Islam and its Progression. And we have gone to the process of the various issues of showing leadership. Uh, we started off by having to say that leadership in Nabi Adam and his children had to go through the development and he had to guide them. But he said that Allah has given that position of leadership to all the Anbiya and endowed them that nobody teach them. Not like all the other children of Adam must be taught the skills and abilities of life. The Anbiya was not taught any skills and abilities by anybody, only by Allah. So Allah can give the message to humanity that the success of this world is not only about this world. Success of this world is about this world, a portion thereof, but a major portion is that they must be in their belief, submission to Allah and to Allah alone. And this is what all the prophets do, did, it. so Allah has chosen them to be the leaders to humanity. And then Allah has taken the process from all the leaders together in the greatest of all leaders, the greatest leader is the leader that we and you and I enjoy to have had or to be the, the ummah of the leader called Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In today's life there are many people that are Muslim that accept him to be their leader and they follow his leadership. May Allah grant us to be amongst him. There's other people who's not Muslim so they don't accept his leadership. They're not prepared to accept it. So they themselves to use that. But Allah has granted you and me to be a Muslim and we need to understand that in his leadership, we look, need to look at ourselves. If he's been the leader to guide us, then you and I need to follow his leadership and be the ones that follow exactly like that. Don't be like the people that said, Jesus says this, but they don't live the life of Jesus. Or Moses says this, but they don't live the life. They follow their own minds, right? If you say Muhammad says this and he's a leader and shown you, and you've accepted him as a leader, then say that, but do that and love that. That is important. May Allah grant us to be able to become good followers of our leader who has guided us to be able to realize. In our last segment of leadership uh, in Islam and its progression, we went to the extent of having to show 
that after the pray the, the, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, it was his the Khulafa al-Rashidin who became the next level of leaders for us. Then after them, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum becomes the next level of leadership. And then after them, the fact that you and I need to see that there becomes in our life a sense of establishment of leadership, which is Khilafah. And we need to strive to establish the true form of leadership, the righteous form of leadership, and we've indicated to you there was a moment there was Khilafah in this dunya and that Khilafah was not possible, positive and they did not do what, nece- what the necessity is and it went into such an uncomfortable situation that they went to the extent when they were having the infights amongst them in the sense of Khilafah and those people would then be the leaders to be able to take control for worldly gain and things of that nature Allah took the position out of their hands and the Muslims became weak and since then until now when the Khilafah was taken out of the hands of the Muslims it's our duty today to see that we need to establish Khilafah again because leadership amongst the Muslims is going to grant the Muslims to become successful and allow them to be able to take over the world and to be able to give guidance and direction and they will have the might and the power and the strength to be able to guide others through that. May Allah grant us to be that. But we've said that needs to happen in every Muslim government. And every government needs to see in every province of them there is a leader who has the ability for leadership that goes brings back to the leader of that government. Every province must have an area divided into its various areas so that they can have one government, uh, one uh, uh, leadership in every area who is connected to the leader in, 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 in the province and who is connected and all the provinces connected to the, to the government and all the governments is connected to the one Khilafah, the one leader of the Muslim Ummah. But so in every organization, so in every institution that there is, so we've said in every section of our lives that we are living, we need to equally understand that they need to be leadership. They all need to be connected to the very same Khilaf, Khalifa. And if that comes back again, in the process of Khilafah, we said, we need to understand it's not a dream to call for unity and we suma united. And in, uh, because uh, Shaitan is not going to leave us united. We need to want to be Muslim. We want to be back Islam and given to us in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that took them out of Jahiliyyah and brought them to true Islam you and I need to want to say this Jahiliyyah we're living in are a true Jahiliyyah it is a, jah- it's a, a sense of ignorance that we're living in a ignorance where you and I live with these universities many professors many doctorates many but it's a jahiliyyah, it's a sense of deep ignorance, an ignorance where knowledge has spread so fast and it's so wise, yeah, yet we, lead, we live in, a, we almost drowned in the essence of a jahiliyyah. Why? Because man has taken out the essence of true belief and worship to Allah, they've taken that out of the whole equation. And we live a life today where unfortunately this jahiliyyah that you and I are living in is so uncomfortable. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has described it. He says, you and me, the Muslim, will be the uncomfortable people, very, very uncomfortable. We will be treated so bad that if we don't do something at it, we're only going to feel the further, further pain. The description of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam goes to the extent and saying to us, 
at that time when Jahiliya is so strong, those people in Jahiliya, the leaders of, of, of that Jahiliya, of that state of ignorance, will, will be professional ignorant people. They will be professional lawyers, doctors, but they will do every sin. Corruption will be in their hands, will be in their blood, will be in the, the way they will do things. They will maim and will, will kill and destroy and, and take the blood. and They will do every wrong thing. But this is the world we live in. Exactly. This is a true jahiliya, one of the, the worst sins of jahiliya. Now, if you and I can be ready to accept the fact that this is a jahiliya, this is a sense of deep ignorance, shouldn't we, we ha be having a better life if everybody claimed themselves their knowledge is superior to this, that, and the other? That they are professors, that they are doctorates, they are people with so much of status and their limited knowledge is so absolutely limited. They don't know how much have been exposed to limitation. They think they know it all. May Allah pardon all of us. I mean, shukran so much for that. Now the lines are open through our WhatsApp and our SMS on the number 072-238-0712. Alternatively, send through an SMS to 47913. Share here's a WhatsApp message that came through from the number 9521. It states, what is Khilafat and who gives Khilafat and how does one get Khilafat? Okay. The, I think the, the question is, is relevant. Khilafah is all about leadership. Now, we need to understand that when Allah Ta'ala sent a prophet or a Nabi to his people, Allah makes him the leader. And then after him, he leaves his people with a legacy that they must hold on to leadership. And they must follow the leadership and that leadership must be in the pattern that they understand the development of this world. But at the same time, they must, understand, must not misunderstand the link that they need to have with their Lord and the unseen world. Subhanak la hawla wa la That uh, uh, in a nutshell is what Khilafah is all about. And so we need to come to realize that Khilafah is a necessity that each and every one of us must work towards. And remember right at the beginning of this program, in this segment we said, it, leadership is a matter. Our Prophet says to us, Kullukum, each and every one of you are a leader. Kullukum, each and every one of you are a leader. Ra'in, wa kullukum mas'oolun an ra'iyyati. But leadership is what, you are not going to call for leadership, you don't going to want leadership. It's going to be given to you by Allah's decree and when it comes your way, Allah's going to see when He is take, put you into a process of being the leader of your people that moment and then that time, be it the whole universe or being the whole world or being your country that you live in or your, your, your area that you live in or your home that you live in. When you've been given the leadership at that time by Allah, Allah expects you to be able to carry out your responsibilities. You either fulfill it righteously, na'udhu billah, or, Allah protect all of us, or you do the you follow your own whims and fancies and then you do not carry out leadership and then you break down and you harm and you do injustice to others may Allah protect 
May Allah not grant us to be of those people. So that is the issue of Khilafah. The issue of Khilafah, if we understand it, is an issue that's a necessity on the heart and the soul and the life of everyone who calls himself a Muslim. May Allah grant us to realize how important it is. But it can only start to bring change to our lives when each and every one of us realize I must work it on me and I must see it becomes relevant and understood by the people, those around me. May Allah open the path for all of us. Shukran, Shukran so for much that for that. Shukran, Sheikh. Uh, the lines are still open through our WhatsApp on 072-238-0712. Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to 47913. Just a reminder that it's only questions that is relevant to the topic and we are currently in leadership in Islam and its progression. Now, Sheikh, as... As we um, waiting for some of the questions to come through and so forth, Sheikh may continue, inshallah. Okay, we, we were on this last minute, we were busy speaking on the importance of, of leadership in Islam. And we spoke about uh, the fact that uh, the prophets were the leaders and we've gone right through the, 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 the Sahaba, the Al-Khulafa al-Rashid and the Sahaba. And we see the need for us to be able to establish this process of leadership. Um, we, we then need to look at how to be able to see that, that that leadership develops and grows with us we need to come to the understanding that Allah has given this to parents this responsibility to parents also every parent has been given this responsibility and every parent need to see in their role that they play that they work towards establishing Khilafah in their own lives that they that they love Khilafah and that they pass over the message of Khilafah and so to be able to love it and to, 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 to do it yourself it's a necessity for you to go and seek it what, is, what does it consist of, what is expected and to understand it and see that we love it yes inshallah I have spoken to all, showed us the various levels of Khilafah that has taken place and inshallah hoping that we're going to go into the issues of Khilafah that where does it start and where, what do we do and what do we look at and how do we work at those things inshallah. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us that we grow with that process. My last statement was all about the sense of parents taking leadership and parents must be leaders and we've mentioned to us yesterday the words of Allah Ta'ala in the Holy Quran when Allah says and Allah teaches every parent this dua. Allah teaches the dua to say, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina kurrata'ayun. Grant us, O Allah, and grant our partners, O Allah, to be an ex- O Allah, grant us and grant our partners and grant our offspring to be a contentment to our hearts. Not painful, not uncomfortable, not disrespectful, not disobedient, not uh, doing what they want, not opposing and rejecting, but submission submission to your cause, submission to your tariqah, gentle, kind, soft, appreciative, uh, in, in, enhancing. Grant him to be of that. They may be a contentment for us when we interact with them. We feel good, we feel happy. They don't bring sadness. They don't make us feel pain or uncomfort. They don't bring uh, pain to our eyes and that tears run because of we feeling unhappy with them. But oh Allah grant us, Allah qualifies this. Allah teaches how to make the dua and He says, but the quality of that dua of you being able to have good partners and good children happens with the fact that you strive to be a good person yourself. That you and I, each and every father and every mother, 
They make the intention, oh Allah, grant me to be a righteous parent, a responsible parent, a parent with right insight, with knowledge, with understanding, going out to seek and acquire, wanting to be the Muslim according to your deen, according to your to your Quran, according to the tip, the, matin, um, the, the, the method of your Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, grant me every mother and father that we have the wish and desire to want to know, that we recognize we lack tremendous, there's much, much, much that we don't know, that we many a times find ourselves in circumstances and we don't know how to handle uh, our children or our family. Uh, and so yes, or my brothers, or my sisters. Uh, and so it's a necessity, it's a fart. I don't have a, a, a democratic right to choose whether I want you or not. No, you have no democratic. The only democratic right is that you have is that when Allah gives a command, you need to be able to go and seek it and to try to find it so you may be able to be implemented. May Allah open the path for all of us. So as parents, the responsibility as leaders in the homes is a, necessity, is a necessity. You see, we said to you the other day, I think a few days ago I mentioned, you see, when you and I rear a child, the rearing of children is not the easiest thing. It's a difficult task. But when we rear a child, there's one objective, only one objective that we need to achieve. Only one reason and cause that we rear them. And that is to be able to see that they become adults in the future. But we said that they become responsible adults. They are responsible and that they are respectable. Adults that are responsible and respectable. We want them to be adults, but adults that is responsible and respectable. In today's life, you see, there's many adults, our children grow up, they grow in our homes, they grow on our laps, they develop to become the, the adults in, in our laps, and we nurture them and we develop them, but when they come out, they become so disrespectful. So they're not respectable. But didn't we have the power to be able to, to share with them, to nurture them into the respect, so they can become respectable people? I'm not insulting when I say that, I'm wanting just to think. And when you rear a, a child to become an adult, he needs to be responsible. Isn't there many of our children, they, they have, uh, they've reared, they become big children, but they cannot take responsibility? And the reason why? Because you and I are the parents. Na'udhu May Allah pardon us. May Allah forgive us for our shortcomings and grant us to follow the path to find the way for success, inshallah. Amin Duma Amin. The voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. You are in the program, develop. You are in the program, Madrasa on E, of course, Developing Islam in Me. But now we break for ads and when we come back, we'll continue. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome once again to our program Madrasa on A, Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson, of course also joined in studio by none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We are in our segment Leadership in Islam and its Progression and just before we go further ahead with regards to that Sheikh, there is a few messages that came through and from the number 9525 with regards to the person who asked how does one get Hilafah, he asked is there a time title for the person that received Hilafah like Imam Osheh? Um, shukran for the question first and foremost. I think uh, uh, I need to let the person understand who's asked the question that um, yes there is a, a, a title for that and the title is called the Khalifa mm. but 
the Khalifa, it will be somebody whom Allah is going to choose for us. The Khalifa of the day, and Allah will see that there will be a Khalifa at the most uncomfortable time when this Ummah will be able to have the turmoils will be excessive. And the Khalifa will be able to guide us. And he will be called the, the Mahdi, the one to guide people at that moment. He will be the Khalifa of us, right? But now, as we said, Khilafa is something that you and I need to work on on yourself. So you, the person who asked the question, you need to be able to see, I don't want to know the questions to able to what the status in the position is. What is the load? What is the heavy load that I need to carry? So that that the Khilafa can become about in my community, in my family, in my home, in my environment. And that I can be the Khalifa at my own family, in my own home. And that I can see the establishment of Khilafa becomes a norm. And so that the Khilafa establishment becomes such a norm that the Ummah becomes united under the sense of Khilafa in obedience to Allah and His Messenger. And then Allah will send the Khilafa, the Khalifa to the Ummah, which will be the of the time and that is going to happen not very very far from now for what the circumstances in the description of our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and we're already living as we said earlier on that very very uncomfortable time where unfortunately the so-called educated the people with status and position the people that is high and rich they break down to make life more uncomfortable so that is not the type of khalifa that Allah wants for us when we submit to the khalifa of guidance from Allah and see to leadership that we lead to that which follows the path of Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam then and then only will this ummah return back to a unity united and then and then only is Allah going to send them out of the difficulty into success back because of them following that path. So the responsibility of Khilafa is that we don't want that I, I mustn't become the Khalifa or I cannot become the Khalifa but I must assist towards the establishment of Khilafa so that the Khalifa, the true Khalifa can come about. If the true Khalifa comes about again, Islam will be ruling this world. Islam will be the strength. Islam will be the guidance. The, the world, the whole human, the world, that the, the righteous world will follow the path of Allah. May Allah grant us to be of those people, inshallah, who if we are not going to be that there that time at least that we play that role of assisting towards our offspring that they walk the right path of Khilafah wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad shukran for that question shukran so much Sheikh and then also there's another question that came through from the number 6945 and this is with regards to when Sheikh was speaking about raising our children in terms of becoming leaders and this person says Sheikh you know what you're saying is really disturbed distributing and worrying but it's also a sense of preparation not easy but Alhamdulillah I think it's very relevant the question of the person or the statement if it's if it's that yes I, I, I need to say here it was never very easy for the Sahaba nay it was not easy but when you understand that what you are doing is for the sake of Allah for the sake of the Lord of the universe for the sake of submission to him for subs- for the sake of following the, the the role model he sent you and that you can only follow his role model and you take him as your leader and you submit to him and you follow his lifestyle that is not easy listen to what extent that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says 
if anybody has been sent out to go seek Allah's deen and he wants to carry out Allah's deen, he can never say his own family, they're all appreciative of him. For the ease of his family, that's not going to be appreciative of him because they want not to love the, that, his style, that style. But they want to be called Muslims. May Allah protect all of us. But this is what how our Nabi described it. That when you are ready to want to carry out what is it, it's a difficult task. Furthermore, let's listen to the words of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he says, Now here we need to understand the detail of what happens in Khilafah. Listen attentively when he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam speaks to each and every one of us and he says to us, Bada al-Islam gharib. When Islam started, it was absolutely strange. It's a strange thing. We couldn't understand the strange thing. وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا كَمَا بَدَأَ And he will return back and will become again strange as it has started. The scholar says to us, when it started to become, when it started strange, it was absolutely strange to the humanity. The rest of the human race, they couldn't understand the fact that what is this? This, this new thing, Islam. But it's not going to be strange to the, or it's not going to be as impressively strange to the people who's going to be non-Muslims tomorrow. It's going to be more strange to people who are supposed to be Muslims. Ya Rab, how strange is it then? If we the Muslims are living a life where we accept any, everything to be Islam and we do not sort it out and we do not realize what Islam is all about and we careless about how things happen and we, everything everything's hunky-dory we just accept it whatever comes comes whatever goes goes and that is what Islam is all about because we live in it or, or, or we have the attitude of what mean Jaydan na'udhu billah this is exactly what the Nabi says it is not going to be easy, it's going to be difficult. But you must be able to enhance that difficult for, the, for what's sake, for the sake of Allah. And if you can do that, that, and you prepare to do that in this world and realize that you're not sent here to live forever, you're sent here to come and meet the challenge so that you can find yourself successful or unsuccessful. May Allah grant us to become successful. Amen. Shukran so much for that. Sheikh 350 on the dot and we break for Azam. When we come back, we'll continue with our last segment uh, that is developing Islam in me and its progression as well as leadership in Islam. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Madrasan E. Of course, developing Islam in me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, also joined in studio by special guest, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We are in our last few minutes of the program. We are by our last segment, and that is leadership in Islam and its progression. So I'll hand you over to Sheikh, inshallah, so Sheikh can continue. Bismillah. Shukran jazakallah khair that, Yasmina. We were in the last segment busy in leadership in Islam. And we are busy at the point we were speaking at how Allah has given this responsibility to parents and allow them to understand that they have the duty to do to look after their children because they must be able to nurture their children to become the leaders of tomorrow and that they must then they must take the responsibility to take the leadership of, of the day after. Now two things we see in what happens. Our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to us, when you actually guide your children, remember, they are not going to meet up with the challenges exactly like you met up today. Which means life is going to change, but 
the basic process of the belief is going to be the same. The challenges of the world, what the world is going to challenge them with, that is going to be different. But you need to say you, you need to build strong with them their belief structure and their sense of worship towards Allah. And you do that as the parent. And then when the challenge that your children becomes tomorrow, when they meet up with their children, they see a different challenge. But they realize that they need to see that the basis is in place all and that Allah Taala grants us. And we're going to cover that, bi'idhnillah, or hope to be able to cover those things a bit later. We just need for now to look at the process of who take the role of leadership. And after the process of that, the fact that we've now come to the issue of the parents needs to be the leaders, we need to understand that in the law of Allah, in the home, there must be one leader. And the leader must be the father figure. Now the father figure as a leader, I would love to deal with it from two sides. From the one, it is Allah's decree that the father figure is the leader. And if the father figure is the leader, then everybody else is a follower to that leader. Now if anybody else is a full follower to that leader, then that leader must be able to be very good in his character. He must also be very good in his projection of Islam and giving over qualities that is positive so that they, the, 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 the rest of the leadership, can follow that. But that leadership is only worthy of that leadership if he or she or he, especially the father figure, if he carries out his duty in having to fulfill that which comes from Allah and, 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 and do that. And so his partner, whosoever is his partner, and the offspring or partners and offspring must be able to show submission to the leader in the house and must be ready to see that they execute everything and they understand the leader, they know his message, they know his, what he wants for them and he is presenting to them the issue of Allah and his Rasul and he wants the, them to do and follow their life in fulfilling that in accordance if that is what he is doing, then they by necessity only becomes righteous followers and worthy of leadership themselves when they listen attentively, when they do execute attentively as the leader wants for them. And that's inclusive of the mother. The mother by nature, her position is that she must see that she breaks her back. She goes the millions of miles to see that her children understand the respect and the honor and the dignity of the father. And they see that they break their back to see that the mother builds them, nurtures them, bends them, turns them to such an extent that they realize that they must be able to carry out if the father is the leader and Allah has made him the leader and he follows the tariq of Allah and his Rasul, then they must follow to the T what Allah wants via what he is giving the guidance. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. The time is now 3.57. Now, Sheikh, there's an SMS that came through with regards to the workshop. So, obviously, the promo has been playing and this person has been listening to the workshop and so forth. This person wants to know what are the needs for the workshops? Uh, I think it's a very good question. Shukran Jazakallah for that. What is the need for the workshops? All that we need is that the person be present at the workshop. One. Two, you have with you a pen and a paper, which means that we're going to participate with things. Three, 
that you come decently dressed for that it because it's the house of Allah that you're going to be at and secondly we're going to be there for ibadah now if it is a woman which is, who is having khayr then the only way you can point do not be in the masjid at the time of the salah but see that you are decently covered that you do not dirty the mosque or dirty any place around the masjid and your, your body don't become dirty because of khayr only first but you in actual fact cover yourself decently and then you can use the machine as well, right? Um, in, in that, uh, those are the basic needs that they need to be. Besides that, I think the, uh, it's mostly affect, uh, the satisfaction, it affects the females, but the males the same because we need to send them a pen and a paper and also that you're decently dressed. And decently dressed as we mustn't be able to see your backsides or if you're making the rukun sujood, you know, your, your back must be opened. No, 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 that's, you are not decently dressed. And then you are un-Islamic dressed. You're, so please see that you're decently dressed because we also want to encourage that if, we, if I'm an adult, that the youth look at me and they respect me and they see me being the example and the leader to them. May Allah open the path, inshallah. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shukran jazakallah for that one. Uh, time has gone so fast in the last minute. Can we make our final dua? All of us, inshallah, we put our hands together and we ask Allah to assist us by reciting Surah Al-Asr. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Wal-Asr inna al-insan lafi husr. Illa al-lazina amanu wa amilu al-salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-haqqi wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa maulana محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك and we'd like to invite everybody and hope to see them at the workshop إن شاء الله والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته and just a final reminder the workshop first workshop is going to be Saturday the 18th of February 2017 it's going to be at the retreat masjid and that's the, that is Masjid Al Munawar that's going to be from the time 3 to 5 o'clock inshallah so definitely hope to see you there inshallah from myself yasmina peterson along with faldi fandalili as well as zarina talib and also sheikh ibrahim abrams in studio we say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and have a great day further